strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound book, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He comes over on occasion. What's up, everybody? This is Johnny Doe coming at you from Strange Things Are Afoot at the Circle K Studios. Um, I guess that's what I'm going to call this room and uh, computer setup. I'll call it my studio. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me for another fantastic episode where we're going to talk about things and we're, you know, going to mull over some strange things that are afoot in the world. So, if you've never listened to this podcast before, where you been? What's up? Thanks for joining me. Um, the podcast community is afoot as well. So, thank you if you are a fellow podcaster. I know that's why I got into podcasting, because I'm such a big fan of podcasts myself. But, uh, you know, we're all here learning. We're all here voicing our opinions. And there's a lot of opinions to be voiced out there. We um, don't do a very good job in our society anymore of uh, communicating. We have little snippets and sound bites, and the news is an abomination anymore because they'll bring on three or four talking heads in three-minute segments on extremely complicated and complex issues and topics. Yeah. Um, so the big one that's going on right now is the protests that the NFL players are doing. No matter if it's in solidarity or the original ones like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem because he has problems with, I think it stems from police brutality in the way that police treat African Americans in our country. So I'm going to try to dissect this and kind of get in, get into it and just give my opinion and give my take. Now, you know, we talk a lot of shit on this podcast. When I say we, it just means me. <coughs> but in general, you have to be able to express yourself and this don't think of it in a typical way of being right and wrong when it comes to issues like this. There's varying perspectives and varying degrees. Let me fix my levels here. And varying various degrees of, um, I don't even want to say right and wrong. Because what's right and wrong when it comes to this? It's just your opinion about things. But we're going to get into uh, why maybe um, it's something is someone has more of a valid argument for criticism, I guess. I guess that's what we'll say. So, okay. <clears throat> First thing I'm going to say is at some point in this podcast, I'm probably going to pause it and go eat my dinner because my wife is cooking me dinner right now. And I told her, I said, hey, you may interrupt the podcast so I can eat a warm meal because I don't want her to do all that work just for me to go microwave it, right? So I'll probably pause it and then I'll come right back. You won't even know that I'm gone. So anyway, I'm not the biggest football fan. I'm not going to lie. But I'm one of those guys that I pay attention to what's going on in the world. No matter if it's sports, 
no matter if it's the Olympics going on, no matter if it's, you know, just regular sports, um, you know, news happenings in the world. I'm just one of those that I, I like to, I like to know, be informed. So <clears throat> even though I'm not a big football fan, I don't watch football games. I'm aware that there's a game called football and people play it. I'm also aware that the people who play football in the NFL are not exactly poor people. They are very wealthy individuals. Now, why do I say that? Well, it'll it'll come up later. So let's dive into the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, and why anyone would protest it or not stand and, and salute the flag, put your hand on your heart, say the national anthem, whatever. Now, the great thing about our country is that we do have the freedoms to do um, certain things or not do certain things. Um, but I'm, there's a, there's, uh, this is a nuanced argument because there's different layers to it. Now, people love throwing around the term of free speech. They love throwing that around. Like, I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. And if you've ever stopped to actually read um, what that amendment says. It's not what people perceive it to be, where I can say whatever I want and there's never going to be consequences. That's not what it means, okay? And in a nutshell, this is what I'm going to explain to you. You have the freedom to say something and be uncensored and as long as you're not inciting violence inciting a riot the government cannot keep your speech silent now there are certain laws and regulations of when you can do it how you can do it and and certain things like that but you have the freedom for the government not to say you're not allowed to Uh, talk bad about them or somebody else. Of course, there are lots of nuances to this. For instance, there's something in our law called slander. You can't just talk shit and make up a bunch of stuff about some professional um, person in your industry just so you can get a promotion or whatever and they can get fired. Um, You know, you would be liable, but the government isn't going to throw you in jail for it. Um, it's, It's more of a civil matter. But people just think freedom of speech means I can say whatever the fuck I want. No, you really can't. And if you are employed by somebody and you make money um, in some form or fashion, then you really don't have freedom of speech because your freedom is predicated upon um, your employer and what your employer represents. For instance, um, freedom of speech and freedom of expression. If you work at McDonald's and they tell you, hey, you're working the drive-thru, you have to, when you say, you have to say, welcome to McDonald's, may take your order, you have to um, say thank, please and thank you and all that. And if you decide not to do that, um, then we're going to fire you. I always think about Chick-fil-A because I used to eat at Chick-fil-A a lot when I um, back before I moved and this town didn't have a Chick-fil-A. But 
Chick-fil-A has a thing where they always say my pleasure after everything. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And it's so annoying. My pleasure. My pleasure. But I guarantee if you work there and you don't say that and the manager gets wind of it, um, you're not going to have a job there anymore. You're going to be reprimanded. Now, is that against your is, – is he um, impacting your constitutional rights to free speech? Absolutely not because you can still not say – my pleasure, or you can say it, but you don't have to work there. That is not a right to have a job. It's a privilege to have a job. It is not a right. Okay. So you can't sit there and be in the unemployment line and say, um, someone's infringing on my rights because I don't have a job right now. No, someone has to give you a job, offer you a job, and you have to do certain things to keep that job. And your freedoms can't be infringed upon maybe from a personal level. Like when you're at home, that's where it gets a little a little sticky, where somebody posts something on their Facebook and the company ends up firing them for it um, because of what you represent. I can tell you right now, being in the military, I do not have freedom of speech. I've given up that right to be able to serve in the military. So um, if I'm representing myself as a soldier and I'm in uniform, there's certain things I can't say. It's one of the reasons I keep anonymity on this podcast. I know I could use my real name and I can um, say pretty much all the things I say on this, but I just don't want to worry about the blowback. I don't want to have to sit there and try to censor myself and think about, am I, should I be saying this or should I not? And a lot of it's it's not that it's against regulation. It's just in bad taste if I say, this is my name, this is my rank, this is the unit I'm in, um, these are my bosses, all that, and just start talking shit because I don't, you know, I, I don't think that that's right, okay? So that's why I use a pseudonym for this podcast. Um, it, it's the same way that people, you know, there's certain movies that are told and say, say, hey, the names have been changed for the protection of this person or whatever, uh, you know, that's just, it's not that necessarily someone's going to get sued. It's just they don't want, you know, there's there's a fine line. They don't want to have to worry about crossing it. So me as a soldier, I understand. I, I've given up certain rights to free speech. Um, other people and other professions, uh, when I was a school teacher, um, I remember that I got brought into the principal's office once because I posted something on my Facebook that was political in nature. And one of my students posted something too. And a whole bunch of people posted on, on my Facebook back when I had one. And long story short, another teacher saw it, I guess was trolling my Facebook and didn't like, basically she didn't like my politics. And so she used the guise of, well, there's people swearing and saying obscene things on my Facebook and there's students on my Facebook. So long story short, got brought in the principal's office. Principal um, asked me about it and said, you know, you need to police up your Facebook. Bottom line is I end up deleting it. I wasn't told to delete it. I just didn't want to fuck with what I can post, what I can't post, whatever. Because at the, at the end of the day, people are allowed to fuck with your job. They are. They just are. If you say certain things as a school teacher, you can lose your job. If you're the mayor, look at the mayor of Toronto before he passed. God rest his soul. Uh, what the fuck was that guy's uh, Rob Ford or something like that? Uh, that big fat mayor in Toronto. He was a, you know, like smoking crack and 
you know, saying all kinds of, you know, shit about eating people's pussy and all this other crap, you know, it, it, it gets into a thing where it's like, can you say it? Yes. He's not an American. I know, but you represent something else when you are professional and that company or that, that, um, business or that industry or that office say, says you're not representing us correctly. You hear it a lot with President Trump where he's tweeting or saying certain things and, and people say that's not presidential. If he had a boss, a direct supervisor, which is collectively the, you know, 350 million Americans, but if he did, he, he would probably have to come in the office and say, hey, knock it off or whatever else, right? So <clears throat> people, one, get that freedom of speech wrong because they they just don't understand Um that when you're at work, you don't have freedom of speech. You don't have complete freedoms. And you, if you want those complete freedoms, you just can't work there anymore. So let's get into the NFL players. So the one thing that President Trump said is they should be fired, they should be kicked off the field, and he said some other choice words. Um. The same people are, that say he shouldn't have said that are the same people that are screaming free speech. Well, he has the free speech to give his opinion, right? So one set doesn't have the free speech to say another thing. That That's where it gets muddied up because usually the people that are pro-free speech are also the first ones to get mad when someone says something. And they're going after their job and wanting to get them fired and all this other shit. Okay? So either you're for it or you're against it. And being a member of the military, I think differently about the flag and about the uh, national anthem than somebody that's never served in the military um, because that's what the national anthem is about. It's about um, you know what the flag represents in, in, in wartime and uh, what it represents to us as a people and as a country and all that other stuff. <clears throat> But with that being said, I respect that there's people that are different than me that have different experiences. They see the country different. They feel like somehow they're victimized or oppressed or whatever else. And they're free to say and do whatever the hell they want. I will continue to serve my country because I'm not serving for their um, recognition. I'm serving uh, because it's what I believe in. It's something that I choose to do. I don't try to get somebody, I don't think it's for everybody. Um, but so, you know, it doesn't, I, I get irritated at certain people protesting certain things, but I never think that it should be stopped or somebody should step in. But with that being said, how are you making the money that you are making as an NFL player? Well, people are buying tickets. People are buying um, cable packages. People are buying jerseys and memorabilia. And so it's a billion-dollar industry that is paid for by Americans mostly, but fans who watch football games. And I'm probably not taking a leap by saying most NFL fans, uh, probably a majority, I don't know how big of a majority, but are, are probably irritated and uh, they're 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 patriotic Americans. Let's just say that. 
okay? Red-blooded, patriotic Americans. So if you piss off, let's just say 60% of the people that pay um, your boss, who's the owners, and how they make the money then later trickles down to you, then do they not have the right to say you need to sit on the bench or you, uh, I don't want you on my team anymore? Is that not okay? Because you're affecting their bottom line, you know, because um, it's to it, for anyone to say that any NFL player isn't a capitalist has never seen or heard how they negotiate their contracts. Obviously, they're trying to get as much money as they possibly can. And so, well, the NFL owners are doing the exact same thing. So if they think that your protest is going to make them more money, they'll probably be all for it. But if they're, um, if at some point they start losing money, you know, yeah, right now they'll go arm in arm and say, I support my players and, and, and all this stuff. Um, but you just watch if people start boycotting and no one's showing up to the games and no one's buying the NFL package on direct TV and all that shit, um, people's opinions will change. And I, am not someone that would ever boycott the NFL because I don't watch it to begin with. Um, but I think of something like the UFC or, 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 you know, if somebody was doing that, I don't know that I would still boycott it. I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about it because, you know, those athletes, they can see and, and do whatever they want. I'm, you know, I don't revere them or try to follow them or, and, you know, idolize them or anything like that. <clears throat> but, if um, I can completely understand if I'm going to a football game and trying to escape politics and divisiveness, divisiveness um, you know, people being divided, um, yes, you, you want to escape that shit. And maybe you go, well, fuck, I'm going to go find another hobby because this is just, you know, I don't want, I don't want to come to a football game and have this debate with people. So, you know, I get it. I, I get both sides. I understand that people like Jackie Robinson and Jesse Owens, I understand what they did. And I don't want to completely um, uh, marginalize Colin Kaepernick by saying, well, that was a different time. Because, you know, I don't know what struggles that he goes through or that black Americans go through. I mean, I know I'm not an idiot. I, I see the news. I watch the news or whatever. But I don't know um, the perspective of being in their shoes. But I do understand that you are getting paid millions of dollars and you are protesting something. Police officers is the star spangled banner about police officers. And I'm assuming I'm going to try to connect the dots. The, that the cops, um, are police brutality and you know uh, the the murder of African Americans and mistreatment of African Americans by the police officers and they're supported by the president who's you know the head of our government i.e. we're protesting the national anthem but they'll still go out and play football every Sunday and to make millions of dollars they'll still take uh, dollar bills that have slave owners pictures on them, right? I mean, George Washington was a slave owner, i.e. if I take a bunch of money, then that's, I mean, 
where do you stop connecting the dots is what I'm saying is people want to rewrite the history books. They want to pretend like we're, we can just forget about our history and, and just start a new country, I guess, and just say, let's just start here. We're something else. Yeah. Slavery's in our past. There's a lot of repugnant shit in the history of the world, let alone American history. But um, even though it took us longer to evolve past certain things, we did evolve and we are evolving. And, and partially that's due to people standing up for what's right. And there's nothing wrong with, with that. But here's what, where I start to lose sympathy for the NFL players is when, when, I'd, when I decided that I was for the military and when the troop surge was going on in 2006 and there was young men and women that were getting sent three, four, five times to Iraq and Afghanistan, and I truly believed that we're at war with, um, especially in Afghanistan, with, with terrorists. And I saw... Um, that what I believed, I believed so much that I was willing to put my life on the line. I was willing to give up my job. I was willing to give up my career, my family, my home life, uh, my job that you know was a really good job that I enjoyed. And I gave up a lot of things and sacrificed a lot to join the military. I joined the military at 32 years old. I didn't join an 18-year-old out of high school. I had lived a very full life away from the military and answered the call once I felt like my country needed me. And then later it became a career, but I did not join at 18. I wasn't one of these brainwashed kids. It felt like, well, I don't have, I'm not going to college and I have nothing else to do. So let me go join the military. I had other options. I had a whole nother career that I was working in and I gave it all up and I haven't gone back to that career since. Um, I've found a new calling. But my point is, is when I believed in it enough, I sacrificed everything else for that belief. What I don't understand is when you believe in it enough to kneel when you're on TV and to, to say, I'm, I refuse to stand for the United States of America, except the part that gives me lots of money, except the capitalist system that is paying me millions of dollars to throw a football from point A to point B, like children do. And it's going to pay me a ton of money. I'm going to take sponsorship deals. I'm going to the same capitalist system that was born from slavery. You know, I mean, that's basically what the Civil War was about was, hey, we're going to lose all our money if we free all the slaves. It was about making money. And there's a lot of uh, ways you can connect the dots to say that, it, you know, the way that athletes are portrayed and stuff like that, it's, it's a, you know, you could, you could make that connection. You got white owners and black players for the most part, right? But they're not going to not play football because then they wouldn't have millions of dollars and kids wearing their jerseys and all this other stuff. So do you believe in it enough to say, I'm going to protest by not playing football anymore. Well, no, because your excuse is, well, it wouldn't be getting this attention if I quit playing football. Hmm, how convenient. But how much do you believe in it? How much do you want to be a martyr? How much do you want to do that? Because I've seen 
other leaders, you know, uh, no matter if they get into politics, you know, you think Jesse Jackson, Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, they weren't professional athletes and they found a way to have a voice. There's a lot of people that have a voice. And so if you quit playing football and just want to do, let's say a radio show or do a reality show or do, or just be on news, uh, the news all the time, but they're not wanting to do that. And when I say they, I, I mainly mean Colin Kaepernick and, and the, the other people that truly believe that they're being victimized as a people in our society. And if you, if you believe in it, then, then do more than just taking it. Stop this symbology, actually do something. Why don't you do something about it? Because you also have to understand what that means to protest the flag and the star spangled banner and what it means to, to veterans that have fought and died during the revolutionary war, the time of slaves, the civil war, and all the wars before and all the wars since that give you the right and the freedom to be able to play a child's game, to, to be able to play football every Sunday. Um, that's, that's what's disturbing to me is that you can't find a different way to protest. Hold on a second. Is, is dinner ready? Okay. I'm, I'm going to pause this and go have, go have some dinner, but I'm going to, hopefully I'm going to pick up where I left off, but let me just finish this thought real quick before I hit the pause button. You know, I would never tell somebody how to protest, okay? I'm merely pontificating here, giving suggestions that you are pissing people off that don't see it. They're not understanding your message. They're thinking that you're slapping those those ideals in the face of there's young men and women that are dead right now to to give the freedom to people to people yes to protest yes to but it's like anything else just because you have the freedom to do it you have to think really hard and make sure that you're using that freedom to the utmost advantage you and not just willy-nilly go well I can do it so I'm going to do it just to do it I mean you you know people that are like that they go oh well, I'm allowed to chew gum, so let me put 10 pieces of gum in my mouth and be a distraction in my history class or whatever, you know, whatever analogy that you want to use. There's people that they that they go to the extreme because they can. You know, uh, what comes to mind is like people go, "Oh, there's there's no law that I can't take my shirt off." And so there's females that are like taking their shirt off and mowing their lawn and going, "Well, you can't, you know, give me a ticket." There's a lot, you know, it's like, "Come on." Now you're just being ridiculous. Now you're that freedom was there for a reason, and now you're just you're you're using it to get attention and to be an exhibitionist and and all that. And that's fine if you're trying to give you know bring it back to something else. That's the only way you can get attention. But you're telling me that yes, this is in the news and people are talking about it and stuff like that. But we, we are going out of our way in this country to divide ourselves and to see what the differences are. And there's, and it's, it's a shame because football is supposed to be something that we can all agree on and kind of come together. And you got your team, I got my team. And that's what sports is supposed to be. And 
you know, if if it if you want to get political about it, then why are you even playing the game? What's the point of doing that? Okay, if you feel like that you're being so oppressed, I've never in a million years uh, thought to myself that I would see some guy that you know is driving a you know Aston Martin or a Bentley that's that feels oppressed. You know, that feels like that there because that's I'm I'm sorry, but you. There's, I don't care what color you are. If you are a millionaire, you are not treated like shit in this country. I don't care if you're black or not. You know, you, you might not be treated as well as maybe some billionaire white guy or millionaire white guy, but I guarantee you're treated better than me. I fucking promise you that Colin Kaepernick or any celebrity or athlete or whatever else is treated better than any white guy who makes $50,000 a year. I promise you. No one's wearing my fucking jerseys. No one's no one's asking me for my fucking autograph. You know? You act like just because there's some hillbilly somewhere that uh that that still, you know, the south will rise again and shit like that that's that's a uh, a majority of the Americans. Everyone has to deal with something. Okay? Everybody has people that don't like them for for various reasons. But the the true things that people, the true inequality that is going unchecked in this country is poverty and people that are below the poverty line and people that uh, wealth inequality. The, the, the black guys that are being abused are not the millionaires, are not football players, are not you know, uh, professional athletes and actors and actresses. I'm sorry, it's poor people. Poor people are getting fucked with. And because poor people don't have lawyers and shit like that and, and rights. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, it's hard for people, a red-blooded American like myself, to get behind that shit because I just don't understand what the hell that you're protesting. Why don't you give all your money to the victims of the, that shit and quit playing football or or stay playing football and 100% of your salary go to fucking charity besides whatever your living expenses are? I just don't understand. It seems like we want to have it both ways. It almost seems like it's a marketing stunt. It's like now that becomes your identity. Now you're an attention whore. It's a way to get in the in the news. That's what people think. Am I right? I don't know that I'm right. It's not about being right or wrong. This is the visceral feeling that people are having. That's what I'm trying to say. And, um, you know, Trump coming out to say what he did, is that presidential? No, that's not presidential. It, it, it's it's not really for him to, to say that. Um, I, I understand people, you know, there's blowback against it. I completely understand that shit. He shouldn't be encouraging uh, people owners to, to fire those players and shit like that. But at the same time, if those owners, you know, did, or if those owners saw it as a distraction, they have the right to do that. Okay. And so both sides, in my opinion, are way off fucking base and I'm hungry. So I'm going to go eat. Wait, hold on. I'm going to pause it. Right. That, that try to do that. Like, Oh, it's not that bad. This person doesn't have it that bad. Well, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, but coming from a veteran's perspective, 
when somebody disrespects the flag or uh, like the the national anthem, which is about the flag, um, where people stand for respect for the flag, it's hard not to um, take it personal because when we we kneel at when some when we have a fallen soldier, we drape a coffin with the flag. So it's kind of important to us. The, the symbolism of not letting the flag hit the ground, the symbolism of making sure your flag never gets captured, the symbolism of, you know, the flag that a military member wears on their shoulder where it looks like it's going backwards to a civilian, but it's actually going forward. You know, it's the, the, the flag on a military un- uniform is inverted because it's, it, it, it makes it look like it's going forward instead of going backwards because we never retreat. You know, things like that is why, you know, like that guy from the Steelers who was a Army Ranger, I believe, he wasn't going to stand in solidarity because he did not believe that. Um, he, he believed in the flag and what it stood for, and he put his money where his mouth is. He did three tours in Afghanistan as an army ranger. And if you do, if, if you um, wear the uniform, uh, you, you, you put your money where your mouth is. And you, you've earned the right. We have a lot of people in this country that they want all the freedoms of the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, so on and so forth. But they haven't earned it. And you don't have to as an American. You just, you're born into it. But we don't have very many people that really want to sacrifice or make sacrifices for the greater good anymore. People still want to have their lives They still want to have their freedoms, but they want to be able to do whatever they want to do. They want to be able to protest. They want, you know, if it's that big a deal, um, I just, it's hard to take a millionaire seriously uh, about that stuff. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be well-to-do and have experienced something uh, in your younger days before you were a millionaire, or you can't sympathize with the people that are not millionaires um, the, the people that are uh, oppressed, you know, I'm not saying you can't be sympathetic toward them. I'm not saying that, but um, it's hard. It's very hard for me to see it as anything more than a publicity stunt. And that's what our society is, is, is kind of boiled down to now. I say again, if you want to protest, protest, but... The, the, the whole point is you can have a counter-protest. You can have a counter-argument. And it, to me, it shouldn't just be um, a protest. There, we should be having conversations about this. I, I really would love to sit down with people and try to get their take and to try to understand why you would ever live in a country if you think it is that bad, if you think it is that unjust. Um, and I don't want to, I'm trying real hard not to do the, 
get the fuck out of my country because it's your country too. And we all make what the country is. So I completely understand you try to you try to mold society into what you want it to be. I, I, I understand that. But I've never, um, when I hear people say, I'm embarrassed to be an American. I don't want to tell people I'm from America. Oh, I wish I, you know, I hate this country. I, I, it's, man, it's hard for me. It's very hard for me to get behind that. It's very hard for me to, um, it's just, it's just hard. It's, it's hard for most people because this is the greatest country that has ever been. And it's not because of Donald Trump. It's not because of uh, inequality. It's not because of, you know, um, um, people abusing women or, or taking away their rights like, like we once did and not allowing women to vote. And, and, uh, it's not because of, uh, Slavery. It's uh, our our country isn't great because of the the bad things that we've done. Our country is great is because in spite of all those things, we have we have fought and we have been down. We have um, been counted out, and as a society, no matter if it's the early settlers or the people that we that we uh, have today we're fighting for an ideal and our forefathers with all their faults tried to make a living document that was always going to ensure that we the people had the power and protesting is a is a glorious thing that we we don't have to worry about government throwing us in jail and and all that stuff uh, but you also have to you have to be able to back it up and if you get some flack if you get people sending you hate mail and making memes on Twitter and protesting your game and boy boycotting the NFL well that's that's part of it and I will respect you more when you when you keep doing it uh, but it doesn't mean I have to agree with you and it doesn't mean that anybody has to agree but um, you know, we, we, we have to, um, as Americans be able to sit down and work this shit out because there's so many issues that we have that are bigger than this, that are greater than this, that it, it becomes about something else. It's not even about the protest anymore. It's not about what Colin Kaepernick was protesting. It's now about something else. It's it's morphed into sensationalism, and now everybody, including myself, we're doing you know we're doing our part to hey this is topical. Let's give our take on it. But we're but I'm talking about the sensationalism of it instead of the actual thing that he was protesting to begin with, with which was police violence against young African Americans. I'm assuming or inequality um, in our in our police force as far as how they treat people. Um, that's a discussion that still needs to be talked about. I think that it's it's uh, you know that there there are there's some validity 
to that argument. There's a perspective that people have. And like I said, if you're not, it's, it's hard to have a real well-rounded opinion if you've never had a run-in with the police. If you've never been a person uh, of color, you've never been, you know, I, I still think it's more of an economic, socioeconomic thing because when I grew up poor in a bad neighborhood, I, I was telling my wife this the other day. It's the only time in my life I've ever had, you know, cops feel like that they have the right um, to just shine a spotlight in your fucking bedroom as they patrol around your neighborhood all hours of the night. And it sucked because, you know, uh, you know, you're just laying there in bed and all of a sudden this giant light comes beaming in your, in your window and it reflects off shit and it's going to wake you up. And not only does it wake you up, but sometimes it's unsettling. And you, you only have to deal with that in a certain neighborhood. The only time in my life I've ever been stopped walking down the street. I'm not a black person, but I'm telling you when I grew up in government housing, in these townhouses, I was stopped just walking with my friends and cops asking me what I'm doing. Was I beat up? Was I thrown in the back of a patio? Was I shot? So I'm not, no. <laughs> the answer to that is no, by the way. So I, I can't compare myself to what other people, um, other races have dealt with. But what I'm saying is, I, I, black or white, that doesn't happen to people of certain income brackets in certain neighborhoods. And once I grew up and and went to better neighborhoods and got you know more established, the harassment stopped. I don't know that it stops for African Americans or for Muslims or for Indians. You know, uh, dots not feathers. Um, or, you know, whoever, you know, Mexicans, uh, Mexican Americans, uh, which is two different things, <laughs> you know? So I, I don't, I don't know it from that perspective, but I do know from the perspective of, of having friends that are cops and hearing their take on why they do that, why that they have a gut feeling that this person is a criminal and this person isn't. And you're never going to be 100% right. But, you know, being put in that position that's very similar in a war zone, it's not about being 100% right. It's trusting your instincts and it, it could be life or death. And, and when police think about it that way, um, they have a perspective as well. Is there rotten cops out there? Absolutely. You put uh, someone in the position of power, no matter if they're a teacher, they're, they're a cop, they're a principal, they're a mayor, there's going to be some bad apples. There's going to be shitty people that take advantage of that system. Um, and I just don't think it's inherent that you're a cop, you become bad. I think what's, to me, what's clear is you put undue pressure on police officers in terrible neighborhoods and terrible situations um, and you might have the wrong person uh, in that situation and, and what's asked of them is something that they might not be capable of. To me, police officers are, are kind of like teachers in the way of not only lack of pay and lack of respect and stuff like that, but you have to, to be a good teacher, you have to have uh, good qualities in a lot of different areas. 
And, you know, to be a good teacher, you have to be smart. You have to be educated. But you also have to have patience. You have to have interpersonal skills. You also have to be able to stand up for yourself and, and, and incite discipline and order. But you also have to be very organized and know how to, you know, micromanage and multitask. There's very few people in this world that can do all of that. Well, police officers, it's the exact same thing is we are asking our police force to not only um, you know, interpret the laws and serve our protect and serve our citizens, but they're doing everything from, you know, trying to stop and catch murderers and gang members and drug dealers to dealing with petty crimes and uh, domestic disputes and arguments and, you know, traffic tickets. And, you know, if, if, uh, you know, there's a water main that breaks, you know, they block off the street and direct traffic. And then, then, you know, 10 minutes later, maybe they're chasing somebody that just robbed an old lady or killed somebody. And so to be a, a, a good, effective police officer, you got to have all those things too. You know, you have to be, uh, you know, you, you have to be adept at so many different things. You can't just be a knuckle dragger. You can't be, you know, you have to have the interpersonal skills. You have to be smart. You have to be able to think on your feet. You got to have to have fast reflexes in shape. You know, the, the list goes on and on. And there's so few people that are capable of pulling off the job that a police officer has to do on a day-in, day-out basis, especially when they start at next to nothing. You can't ask for cops to, for, to do that. I'm not, get, I'm not saying that they get a pass for being dicks or assholes. I've had bad run-ins with, with cops myself. Um, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's an unrealistic expectation of a job, and, and I think that we need to redefine what our police force is there for, and they're just doing way too many things. Um, look at some of their counterparts, their first responders, no matter if it's EMT or it's firefighters. They're asked to do really just a couple different things, you know, save people's lives, save some property, put out some fires, you know, stop someone from having a heart attack. But, but if it's not that, then they're sitting somewhere and they're kind of out of the way. We ask our cops to do way too much. Um, we, we, need to get back to protecting and serving our community and, and police officers coming from our community. I think that's a big part of the problem, in my opinion. If if you had uh, sheriffs and police officers that are hired from within their community and they have to serve that community and you just say, I don't care what your education is, I don't care what your background is, as long as you can pass all the tests, we will train you to be a police officer and you're going to work in the same community that you grew up in, I think you would have a little bit more compassion and making sure that the police reflect that community that they grew up in. And so that means you need to find some cops in South Chicago, which is going to be difficult. And that's part of where the problem, you know, these solutions sound simple until you try to implement them. But that's part of the problem is you have some, you know, white dude that grew up in, let's just say, Iowa, that gets a job as a cop in South Chicago, he's going to have a trouble. He's going to have trouble relating. 
He's going to have trouble policing people in a certain way. He's going to have to be more militarized because it's a uh, very dangerous place. So his, his mind is in a, is not in a protect and serve. It's in one saving his own life and two trying to, you know, catch the bad guys. And when you're in a place like that, I'm sure after a while, everybody looks like a bad guy. Here's a perspective um, that I bring to the table. When I'm doing a patrol in Afghanistan, after I've gotten shot at, blown up, seen buddies get killed, get RPG'd, um, you know, see people uh, do repugnant, heinous things um, for really no no reason, in my opinion. Um, like you would have people, you know, burying IEDs for, for you know, 20 bucks and, and bl- trying to blow up soldiers for next to nothing. Um, after a while... Um, probably the first four or five months that I was in uh, Afghanistan, you know, I definitely had the perspective of trying to understand. But the last probably three or four months that I was there, um, I can safely say that I was very racist against everyone that's there. No matter if that's the right term or not, it, it was a racist thing or an ideology thing, a cultural thing. I don't know. I just know I hated all of them. And I, in my, in my mind, everyone I saw was a potential criminal, you know? And when you are working on that level, it's a, it's, it's, it's because of survival. You're just trying to survive and you, you, you don't trust anyone. I mean, I remember talk, going into villages and you would talk to, um, we, we call them KLEs, key leader engagements. You go in and have these little thing called shuras where you get all the village elders and you drink tea and everything and you negotiate shit. And, and in the beginning it was like, Oh, we're going to make some progress and we're going to, I'm going to try to be sympathetic and really hear, listen to them. But by the end you think they're all fucking liars. They're all cheaters because their culture is completely different. And you've been lied to so many times you've been fucked over so many times. And when I say lied to and fucked over, it sometimes was as large as, as there was massive casualties because of their lies and, and their deceit. And after a while, everything that comes out of their mouth, you don't believe it. You go, you're full of shit. I know you're full of shit. You're never going to fucking do this. And and you just kind of get in that mindset. I can only imagine um, that, being a police officer in some place like South Chicago is a similar mindset where you th- you have that war zone mentality where every day you you are worried about losing your life, um, and that's part of the problem when you get to the Colin Kaepernick thing. I don't know that he's trying to see it from the police officer's perspective. He only wants people to see it from his perspective or his people's perspective or whoever he's protesting for's perspective if it's not his. You know, we we need to do. I can sit here on this podcast and I can see it from, you know, a kid that grew up in a poor neighborhood. I understand that. I understand that. You know, one of my good friends when I was a kid who was black, you know, he told me some stories about you know him driving his mom's brand new Ford Probe, <laughs> what piece of shit car. But you know, to us it was cool back in the day, and he would tell me that without. Without fail, every time he drove it, he would get pulled over. And it was because he was a 16-year-old driving a brand-new car, and and uh, 
in his mind, it was because cops always just assume that he stole the car, right? And I don't, I've had lots of 16 year old white friends that they didn't ever get pulled over unless they were speeding or whatever else. And so I remember hearing Randy's stories about uh, inequality. I, I witnessed it myself when I worked at an Italian restaurant or a Mexican restaurant and it was owned by these Italian guys. Yeah, funny. Um, and, I try to get Randy a job there and the and the niece of the owner who also worked there came up to me and said, Hey, is that your friend Randy? I said, Yeah, he's gonna apply for the busboy job. And she goes, Well, tell him not to bother. And I go, Why? And she goes, Well, my Uncle Louie will never or Uncle Marion will never hire a black a black guy to work on the floor. He'll work he'll hire him for the kitchen, but never to 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 be out there with the customers. And this is nineteen ninety ninety or ninety one. And I could not believe it, and I and I was disgusted by it. And I went and told my friend Randy, and I said, "Hey, um, you know, this is what uh, her uh, the the owner's niece told me uh, that he's probably not going to hire you." And I still remember Randy saying, "Well, if if that's the way he is, I don't want to work there anyway." And and he and and I, I'm not going to say it didn't affect him, or he um, he just blew it off that easy. But it was as simple to him as well. You know, if that's the way he runs his business, then sooner or later his business is not going to be as successful as it could be because he's never going to get the best people because he's only looking at one group. And you know, he 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 kind of took the high road. Um, but what I'm saying is, I understand that he had a completely different set of experiences than me, even though we grew up in the exact same neighborhood. But he was black and I was white, and I and I understand that. But you also have to understand. The, the people that you think are the oppressors and not always believe that people, it's just every, that these people that are cops or, or, you know, whatever, that they're a hundred percent evil. To me, that's a cop out. Anytime you vilify somebody as being evil and this, this bad person um, that's incapable of doing good, that's, that's the easy way out. That's how you justify being an asshole. But if you say, no, this there's a person in that uniform that's a person that has kids, that has a family, that they have a perspective, and let's try to talk to that person, not that, not Officer Smith, but whatever that guy's name is, and and where's he from and what is what makes him tick. And if you can do that, if if people just, you know, they had their ideologies, they had their beliefs. You're protesting one side, you're protesting the other side, as long as you try to see the other person's perspective. It still doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion and you can't feel like you're more justified or that you're more right. Everyone is the hero of their own story, right? No one's the villain. But I'm telling you, there's always more to it than what you think. It's it's not as simple as I know it all because I saw this you know five-minute news story. Um, there's, there's more to it. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I see it. And I think that's how most logical thinking Americans see it. We're, we're too busy trying to pick a side and that we're not stopping to go, Hey, I'm not picking a side. Let me, let me look at this from a a bigger perspective. I mean, I see this this Colin Kaepernick thing happened or the NFL protest and you see people instantly on Twitter. I mean, they're already locked into their perspective. And 
some people there's a reason for it like like myself where I'm a veteran you know and other people because they've been you know abused by a police officer so those people you know they kind of get a free pass because it's like okay they've they're they're locked into their perspective because of of the path um, the, the path that got them to that perspective was right through that fucking, you know, if that, if that issue is a force, they walked right through that motherfucker. Right. And then there's other people that that problem or that forest is only something they see from afar. They've never walked through it, but they want to have an opinion. And so they just take it based on ideology, based on if it's a left versus right, if it's Republican or Democrat or whatever, and those are the people that I have an issue with is because they don't want to actually see that it's more complex than they think on both sides. I see people saying it's as simple as this. You always stand for the flag. And then other people going, it's as simple as this. I have freedom of speech and I'm protesting because America is unfair. And it's, it's, it's not that simple on either side. It just isn't. I do not agree with sitting down during the national anthem and I do not agree with you disrespecting the flag, but I will be more disappointed if I ever live in a time that people in America are fear, fearful to do that. I want you to have the ability to do it, but know that it's going to come at a cost that you're going to have to answer questions, you're going to have to be able to justify that position. Like I, I've said on this podcast before, I can say the N-word, I have freedom of speech, but if I say it to a black man, there's going to be consequences. If I go up to just some random woman and call her a cunt, there's going to be consequences. If I'm a school teacher and I also am a stripper on the weekends, there's going to be consequences. You have freedoms, but one thing that you are not free from as an American is the consequences to your actions. You're going to be responsible for them, and we're going to hold you to them. So if you're going to protest the American flag, you're going to protest this country and what it stands for and what the um, national anthem represents to probably most Americans, you, you might be called to task. You know, especially coming from a, uh, you know, a limousine liberal or somebody that is so far past being oppressed. You know, that's that is part of having an opinion. That is part of sticking your neck out. Just like if I believe in what we're doing overseas enough to deploy overseas that I might not get to live to see another birthday or have both my legs or both my arms or, you know, full, you know, psychological wellness. Those are part of the sacrifices that you're kind of signing up for. And so when you have an opinion, just like me on this platform, you know, there's consequences. There's, there's people, uh, I, I, I look at my Twitter followers <clears throat> and I know that, that I've had certain podcasts and people follow me and then certain podcasts go out and all of a sudden I see them drop off and other people, you know, 
<coughs> start following me. Depending on, and I can see, like I'll, I'll look at their pages and go, okay, this person was left leaning. They got, they left, and then there's two right wingers that you know that start following me. And then like two podcasts later, it's the opposite because I come out being more a little bit more liberal leaning on an issue and you'll get, you know, cause I have a lot of military, you know, real gun toting, you know, right wing fucking people, um, that they'll hear one of my podcasts and assume I'm one of them, quote unquote. And then they're, you know, greatly disappointed when they hear other podcasts that does not exactly drive with their ideology. So, you know, you're going to always have that if you give your opinions, you know, it, just ask questions before you have opinions or while you have opinions, constantly ask questions. I know that this issue, that there's always new things to learn about it. It doesn't mean that I can't have an opinion. Like I said, I, I said what I did about how I feel about the American flag and the national anthem. And it's not up for me to evolve that perspective. It's up for us to have conversations and for me to be open-minded to hear that stuff. And if I get certain information to evolve that. So anyway, so that's, you know, that's my take on this whole thing in the NFL. Um, I can't boycott the NFL because one, I don't give a fuck enough. And two, I don't, I don't watch it. And like I said, I don't think that I would anyway. Um, I think that's, I don't want to say a chicken shit thing, but, you know, when people throw that around a a lot, um, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of something that I would boycott. Uh, The last time that I, you know, quote unquote boycotted something was was Circuit City. And it was because they just pissed me off. So I went in there and got shitty service and, uh, most of you listen to this probably don't even remember Circuit City, but it was like Best Buy. But I decided never to shop there again just because I got shitty service. That's most of the time of what when I'm going to stop being a consumer of something in America is just because I, I don't like the product anymore. Um, you know, it's not going to be because any other reason for the most part. You know, um, if I see that, you know, this company is uh, this companies making shoes off dead bulldog carcasses or something that might be a little different just because I have two bulldogs and it hit a little close to home. Right. But, um, you know, you're, you're free as an American to do that. Uh, you know, boycotting is a powerful thing in a, in a capitalist society, but, um, you know, we, we, we were so quick to want to pull the trigger and get on, get on sides with this. And I just hate anything that, that makes it, a uh, black versus white or man versus woman or, you know, um, you know, young versus old, whatever is, is that's, that's what's unsettling to me is, you know, to me, it's more nuanced than that. It, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be that. Okay. Okay. I've talked way too much about this. So what else is going on in the world? Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in my world. Um, I, I think I told you in the last podcast, I bought a new rifle, but I also bought a bow and then broke it. Right. And, um, I recently got my bow fixed and here's the funny thing is I thought that I was being smart 
And because a, a good bow with like all the fucking doohickeys that go on it, a compound bow, if you want a, you know, a release and a, you know, quiver and a, you know, arrow rest and sight and all this shit, you know, it's going to cost, like I said, for a good one, you know, anywhere from six to $800 on up. And so I was like, man, I don't want to spend that much money. So let me get a, you know, a used one. So I found a used one and negotiated it down and bottom line is I got everything I needed for like $225, then broke the bow, needed it restrung, needed the draw weight fixed, needed the draw length fixed, needed new arrows. Uh, bottom line is to fix my bow. It was like another, it was to fix my bow and get the new parts on it that I needed was an extra 180 bucks. And so, you know, I got this bow for $225 used bow. So let's see, add another $180. So we're up to, you know, 400 some. Then I got a, a, another site. It was like $30 for that. Then I needed some new arrows because the arrows I had weren't, they were too short after I fixed the draw length. And then uh, I needed some targets. And what else did I buy for it? Um, yeah, so I mean, I still saved money, but not near as much money. I maybe saved, you know, $150 if I would have just bought it fucking new, a new one with all the shit on it. I probably still would have broke it though. So that's how I justify it. I still would have broke it and, and, uh, end up having to go and get it restrung again. So, but I, it, you know, it's been fun and it's been a valuable lesson. I've been shooting in my garage and, uh, I'm after spending all that money on a compound bow, I guess here's the, the point of this story. I I'm not sure that the compound bow scene is for me. I'm thinking about getting into recurve. Uh, my wife wants to get into recurve because compound bow is, it's not as hard as it looks. <laughs> I mean, if you um, have some basic fundamentals of like, you just understand shooting, like shooting fundamentals, even though the, the muscle groups and, and stuff are different, shooting fundamentals are kind of all the same as, as far as target acquisition and sight picture and natural line of, uh, natural, um, um, aim, uh, understanding like which eye dominant you are understanding, uh, you know, breathing and posture and all that stuff. Um, it comes very quickly. And once I got my bow sighted in and, you know, figured out all the, all the things I needed to upgrade and fix and stuff, I was hitting fucking bullseyes all day long. Now I've only been only been shooting at about twenty yards, so you know, give me a little little bit of slack here. But what I'm saying is, it it for something that is so foreign, like shooting a bow, if you don't if you're not used to, I shouldn't be hitting bullseyes that quickly. It's because a compound bow with all the fucking you know latest arrow rests and releases and strings and sights. It's like shooting a fucking high-powered rifle. I mean, if it's sighted in right, anybody can hit the target. And I, I'm i like surprised of how quickly I guess I've progressed. I mean, I can very easily see if I, you know, go to the range three or four times that I could be um, proficient enough to really be confident hunting with it. And that's, I was going to give myself a year to get good. 
So a recurve bow doesn't have all that shit. It's, it's more of a natural instinctive aiming. Uh, there's, there's a lot more things that the shooter can do that can fuck something up. Um, it's harder to be consistent. It's not near as powerful. And there's something about that that really interests me. There's something about the rawness of, of that, 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 um, is, is kind of exciting. So I might've just wasted a whole bunch of money on a fucking compound bow. So <laughs> you m- might see my compound bow on, on eBay or Craigslist here very shortly. Probably not. I'll, I'll probably keep it cause it is fun. It is fun to do, but, um, yeah, I like doing that stuff because with all the crap that I just talked about in politics and stuff, you know, when you go out and you, like I was at a sporting goods store today looking at all that stuff. And like I said, my wife was looking at bows and, and, you know, I look at guns and all that. There's like two or three people that just came up to us and start asking us, Hey, what do you shoot? And what do you, you know, and, and you talk to these people and you have no idea what their politics are. You have no idea what their religious beliefs are. You have no idea what their favorite football team is or, you know, um, you know, what their favorite brand of shoes. And it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you just talk about your, you see somebody that is interested in what you're interested in and it's fun talking to them about it. And what I love about humanity more than anything, and I'm not a people person, but what I love about human beings is when I can find a way to connect instead of finding a way to disconnect. And it seems like there's so many people that I've run into over my lifetime and you see them online all the time. They're, they're looking for people they disagree with, but I guarantee if you looked hard enough, you just took an extra five minutes, that same person that you disagree with them, I guarantee you could find something that you agree with them on. You and that you are as passionately agree, you know, in agreement on as that you are disagreeing with something else. Why? So why can't we focus on that? I I can't tell you how many people that I run into. Probably eighty five percent of the people that I interact with on a day to day basis have a different religious belief, have a different political belief, have different you know, just ideologies, practices in their life, you know, just fundamental different, fundamental differences. Like I don't drink, smoke or chew and everybody I know does. I don't focus on that. I I am a live and let live kind of guy, despite what you think after listening to this podcast. But I, I don't focus on that stuff. I just don't give a shit. The only thing I give a shit is behavior and action. I don't care about beliefs. If your beliefs impact your behaviors and your actions, then I'm probably going to have some issues if it's contradictory to how I practice life. Um, we, we need to figure out a way to allow people to, to be different and to not agree. And, and you don't have to call them out on everything you don't agree with them on. And, and, and pick and choose your battles and not have everything be um, a knockdown, drag out fight just because you disagree with them on something. So, you know, that, that's why I've been really interested in um, when I moved up here getting into some things that are 
completely out of my comfort zone because it does give you a new perspective. It, it opens your eyes, even if it's something as, as shallow as, you know, archery or shooting a gun or something like that. It's there, you, you gain a perspective from it, especially if it's not something that you did a lot. And, and uh, I never hunted before, but I would like to start doing that eventually. Uh, not because Joe Rogan told me to, just because I want to embrace the culture because it's such a big thing up here in Wyoming that I just want to try to see it through their perspective. doesn't mean I'm going to like it, but it, even things that you don't like gives you a perspective and, and you can kind of at least see it through someone's eyes. And then if I had an argument with someone about why I don't like hunting, I can come from the perspective as I've done it before and this is what, what I don't like about it. To me, most people are going to respect that. They're going to respect that you tried to um, see it through their eyes. Kind of what what my last podcast was about when, when I was talking about um, people coming here from Mexico not wanting to assimilate to our culture. Well, that's gonna, going to be offensive to most people. But if you come up here and you try to be whatever, if I if I come up to Wyoming and I try to embrace their culture, I'm going to get along with people better than if I go, fuck this place where I came from is so much better. That's, that's never going to win you any friends. And so, you know, we need to do that with a lot of other things uh, because there's enough things that divide us. We need to be able to disagree with people but still leave that shit alone certain times of the day and just get along with them on something else. So when you do have those knockdown drag out fights, kind of like what I was talking about with community policing, if you can be friendly with somebody and you have something in common, when you finally do lock horns over religion or politics or something, you're probably going to do it in a different way because there's also something about that person that you like, you know, it's, it's, a it's, it's really that simple. If if you go out of your way to vilify and make someone an enemy and go, well, I don't agree with them politically, so let me make sure that I hate every little thing about them. Now it makes them subhuman and you don't have to fight fair. You can sit there and be a complete asshole to them all the time. Um, you know, there, there's something there's something missing in our culture now where we don't know how to navigate these waters um, with interpersonal connections anymore because we do so much things online and we just see it as a screen name or or an avatar and we don't know that there's a, an actual human being on the other side of that that has different beliefs and values besides just what you're arguing about. There's a whole set of things that makes them tick that you'll never get to. And it might be something that you is as shallow as both of you are a huge Game of Thrones fan, a fan. And I'll tell you right now, if if there's only one thing that you have in common with somebody, but it's something you're super passionate about, that's all you need to have to to function with most relationships in this world. Most relationships they don't have to be any deeper than that. I have like three super deep relationships probably in in my in my life, <laughs> you know, and everything else is very surface and just very shallow for the most part. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, focus on that instead of getting deep into all the things that you disagree on. 
you know, just a thought, just like I said, it's, it's just a thought. Um, there's, there's so many people that I, that I disagree with them fundamentally as people. And when I go to war with them, it's usually because they're living their life wrong. They're, they're the way that they act or treat me or treat other people, or they're unethical or they're doing something criminal. Those are the things that I can sit there and go to war with them about. But whether or not that they have a Trump bumper sticker or a Hillary bumper sticker or Bernie Sanders bumper sticker, you know, they might believe that, but they live their life like a, like a regular person. They're not, you know, crazy or whatever. That's just what they believe enough to put a sticker on their car. Um, that's another thing. It's so weird. Why, why, when we believe something, we want everybody else to know it. Well, <laughs> I, like, that's uh, it's, it's such a weird thing. I'm going to put a sticker on my car and I'm, I'm sure I've, I mean, I've put Red Sox stuff on my car before. Um, but it's, it's weird when you, when it's religion and politics, when people put that shit and, uh, guns, people love putting guns shit, you know, like I have a gun and I, and I'm going to shoot you the end, you know, this, you know stupid shit that m- makes them sound tough or whatever else. Um, it's kind of weird. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling now. I don't know why I went this long on a podcast, but uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, hopefully, I can knock another one out before the end of the month. Uh, I'm trying to get a little bit more consistent with doing it on Sundays again. We'll see how that works out. Well, of course, being an active duty member of the military, sometimes I don't always get to pick what my schedule is, but you know, I'm not going anywhere. This podcast isn't going anywhere. Um, as always, this is... Um, Something that is a passion of mine is just communicating and it's great to get listenership. It's great to get iTunes reviews. It's great to get uh, new friends on Twitter, things like that. But, you know, none of it's necessary except uh, you guys listening, uh, absorbing, digesting, and then putting out your own content, no matter if that's conversations with other people, if that's Twitter messages or whatever else, that's that's all I'm trying to get. I'm not trying to monetize this podcast. I'm not trying to get it to be um, bigger than what it it needs to be. I don't think a podcast in this format really needs to be very big. Um, it doesn't need to be. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. And uh, I'm thinking about doing a podcast podcast just on Joe Rogan. I was thinking about doing a podcast just me uh, criticizing other other podcasters. There's a few that I have a beef with. I love Joe Rogan. He's my favorite podcast. I love him. Uh, a lot of things about him, but he's really been getting on my nerves lately. Um, and <laughs> I, I want to take him to task just because I have no fear of taking him to task. You know why? Cause he'll never hear it. He'll never listen to it. And there's no consequences to my, <laughs> to my, my belief of ter- knocking him down a peg. So, um, you know, that's, what's great about this podcast being small. Uh, I I've said before, I'm probably, I, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot if this thing exploded because I would be the one losing my job or something by the things that I say. It's, it's nice to be able to say what you want and just get your opinion out there. Uh, and this is me. This is, this is my voice. This, these are my thoughts. This isn't a, uh, hyped up version of myself. This isn't me trying to get it's not clickbait. It's not trying to get, um, a ton of subscribers or 
or listeners or anything like that. It's, it's going to grow organically or it's not. And I'm okay with that. So feel free to, to, to comment, uh, to give a response. I want to give a special thanks to, um, a couple podcasters out there that, that have been giving me support for a long time. Um, junior intern or choo choo stew. Um, he's been really there since the beginning and he retweets my stuff and he definitely listens cause he, he'll, he'll make a little response sometimes. Um, I don't expect people to respond every time cause sometimes it's a topic that they don't really have a dog in the fight. I enjoy a lot of podcasts that I just don't, I don't relate to it, but I'm, I'm still going to listen to it. Right. But, um, he's one of them, uh, Pat Thomas, uh, big Pat Thomas, the stay the course podcast. Um, I've said it before and, uh, there's, there's a couple podcasts that I want to do, uh, um, do like rebuttal podcasts. I was thinking about, uh, emailing Pat and saying, Hey, we ought to do a podcast series where you do a topic and I do a topic. And it's almost like a, you do a topic and then I'm going to do a rebuttal podcast about your opinion or whatever else. Cause there's a couple, there's a couple guests that he's had on that drove me through the fucking wall. And I wanted so badly to be in the room to say, you're full of fucking shit. And Pat doesn't have the balls to tell you you're full of shit (laughs) or, you know, Pat, he might as well rename his the food cast because I, I, I tweeted something that kind of alluded to it, but man, that motherfucker talks a lot about food and, and, and he, his, his idea of, of changing it up is like, I won't talk about restaurant food. I'll talk about grocery store food this time. Um, and then he is insane about his iTunes reviews. He's, uh, which is, which is hilarious to me because I don't even look at my, I have no idea how many I have and I could give two shits about it because it's, it's usually, uh, somebody I know if they've left a review, it's probably somebody I know. So, um, but it's, it's funny to me. But with that being said, I do enjoy his podcast. I I'm telling you, there's only about a dozen podcasts that I listen to every month. Um, as far as different podcasts, uh, I listen to more episodes than that, but there's only about 12 and he's one of them. And that's usually most of them are, are big shows, but you know, he was one of the very few podcasts that I said, I'm going to give a try to, and I actually kept listening and I'm still, when I see a new one pop up, I'll, I'll give it a listen every time. Um, I haven't gotten through every single one every time. Some of them, um, you know, he's talking to a comedian or whatever. And I'm like, okay, he's talked to 10 comedians. I don't, you know, he's talking about food again or whatever. And I, and I kind of tune out or whatever, but I, I give every single one of his episodes a shot and more times than not, I'd say 70% of the time I'll listen to the whole thing. So, um, you know, he's, he, I like what he's doing. Um, I like the direction that he's going cause he's still trying to figure out his audience and his voice and what he, you know, what he wants to, to do and say and formatting and all that stuff. Um, but he's a entertaining guy, has some good stories and, uh, yeah. Uh, but Hey, you know, Pat, if you're listening, if you get through this, uh, we, we need to do some kind of co-pocket not be on each other's pocket to me. That's, you know, everybody does that shit. Hey, you want to be a guest on my podcast? Yeah. You know, fuck you. You don't need, I don't need a fucking guest. I, I like to hear myself talk. What we need to do 
and doesn't just need to be Pat, maybe we can get some other podcasters in there, is all have a themed podcast of, hey, this is the theme, like, uh, you know, kind of what I just did a, my podcast about or Hurricane Harvey or whatever else and do your podcast on it and then we all plug each other and then, you know, hey, this is episode one. If you want to hear the next, you know, the next one, uh, it'll be on this guy's podcast and then this guy will talk about these other two and we kind of come full circle like that and maybe get some some cross-pollination of our fan base and and it might be just something fun uh, to, to get the podcast community involved in the sense of um, we don't all need to suck each other's dicks like we're the best things and slice bread because I'm never going to fucking do that. Um, but there's nothing to be lost by it in, in the sense of you're only going to get more eyes on you. Even if, even if I shit on your podcast or don't like it or whatever, and you don't like mine, there might be some, some gold that comes out of it. I would love to get in a radio war with somebody like the old Opie Anthony and Howard Stern days. So anyway, I've been talking too much. It's time for me to go to bed because I got to get up early because I'm in the military. I got to get up and do what's called PT early in the morning and then fucking work all day. It's yeah, that sucks. You know, on second thought, I want you to blow this podcast up and so I can get a whole bunch of advertisers so I can get the fuck out. Actually, I can't get the fuck out until 2022. <laughs> That's what I'm like, you know, I just realized that I'm a fucking slave to the United States government until 2022. So yeah, maybe that's why I don't care if this podcast gets big because I can't go anywhere anyway. So anyway, till next time, be good to one another. Uh, be good to yourself. Always put yourself number one, and then you could always help everybody else if you're in a good position to help yourself first, right? That didn't make any sense, but uh, rewind it, listen to it a couple times, smoke a joint, and maybe it'll fucking make some sense. So till next time, everybody, later. Later.